in a better mood than expected. Welcome to Hand of Pod. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to episode 359. I was going to say 500 and something. Not quite, not quite. No, I had the five that I might have to. Will we make it there? Do you think? I doubt mm. it, but we'll see. Uh, of Hand of Pod, I'm Sam Kelly and I'm joined by English Dan. Hello and welcome. And Andres. Hello and welcome. Welcome back, gents. Yes. Uh, Why are you in a better mood today, Sam? Well, we are Left collectively, right? Oh. Because Argentina got, I think... Better results than expected. Oh yes, yes. When that, we were last recording, that definitely left me in a in a more upbeat mood. Yes, yes. I thought it was because of the weather, and you have a nice view from your building. Yeah, no, that as well. Uh, but the weather, unfortunately, is is actually a Horrible. bit crap. Yes. Um, we did get a very nice storm, which which, uh, as Andres says, uh, my girlfriend and I on Friday evening discovered that our massive new windows <laughs> and our view across a very very uh, wide expanse of much lower buildings. I think we can probably see about a kilometre and a half or something in a straight line in one direction, uh, is pretty good when there's a massive thunderstorm rolling into town. You see, you're lucky. All we get here in my ground floor <laughs> flat is um, a little bit of garden, which progressively gets more flooded mm. as the hours go by. Indeed, yeah. Um, I, I think isn't that great. In those particular circumstances, I would take our rented flat over your owned house. There we go. Um, anyway, we are sponsored... Uh, helping down to pay his mortgage mm. by Fanatis, uh, who are the best service possible for Hand of Pod lovers. Uh, this is because they allow you to watch Argentine football, namely the Superliga, the Copa Argentina, and a little bit later in the season, the Copa Superliga, live or on demand from anywhere in the world, as long as it's not Argentina. Um, you can get a seven-day free trial followed by a 20% discount on your first three months with Fanatis. By going to fntz.co slash hop and using the discount code HOPFZ. And if you're in the United States, then thanks to their tie-in with uh, Gold TV and another channel whose name I've forgotten, you can also watch the Copa Libertadores mm. and the Copa Sudamericana I hear live. It's a pretty big game this week, so yes, there is, which we'll be previewing a little bit later. Um, and you can also get on, on those same channels from the United States a bunch of other live competitions as well. Um, La Liga, Ligue 1, uh, various other European football bits and bobs too. So that address again is fntz.co slash HOP and the discount code is HOPFZ. Thank you very much if you've already signed up for it because you are, of course, helping the podcast if you do so. Um, results. Since we last recorded, the ones that we're actually going to talk about in some depth, I don't even need to look at my phone for these, they're really, really easy to remember. Um, Germany 2, Argentina 2. And we recorded before that. Yes, yes, we, we did cover we that. Recorded, we didn't mention it, did we? Yes, yeah, we, we mentioned it in some detail. Oh, right. Yes, of course we did. Yeah, because we recorded Thursday last week, didn't yes. we? And that game was on Wednesday. So not Germany 2, Argentina 2, in fact. 
Um, but one game only, and that game was Argentina... I hope you're sitting down, if you're not already aware of this uh, scoreline. Argentina 6, Ecuador 1. It was not tennis, it was football. Yes, it yes. was indeed. Uh, Lucas Ocampos got his second goal in his second appearance for Argentina. I think Lucas Alario might have got oh, another one as well, didn't he? he scored yes, two. he did. Um, he so he's it. now got two in, what, about eight or something? I think the Germany game is his seventh, sixth or seventh game. Um, and his first goal. Um, and there were several other goals as well. And I can't remember the score, so was, I'm going to have to look at my phone. There was an own goal forced by Marcos Acuna. And I think the own goal, goal scorer had Espinosa somewhere in his surname. That's going to be my bet. Uh, Leandro Paredes got a penalty. Uh, how many goals are we up to now? Oh, I make that four. Pesela. Pesela. Yes. And did Alario not get two? Is that what we said? Did he? I think he only no, got No, Ocampo for the sixth, so. the sixth goal of uh, yes. Argentina. Alario. Let me see whether you can remember it before I can find it. I don't think I'm going to get there. Let's see, so I've got here, else? it says... Nicolas Dominguez. Nicolas Dominguez, yeah. yes. So, what does that mean? Alario, John Espinosa, with the own goal. Leandro Paredes in a 12-minute spell, those three goals mm. came. And then Angel Mena pulled one back in, I think, Argentina's weakest part of the game, really. It was the first five or ten minutes of the second mm-hmm. half. Germán Petzela, Nicolas Dominguez and Lucas Ocampos uh, ran up the scoreline in the second half. Um... Where to begin? There were obviously far more positives than there were negatives. It's difficult really to find any negatives when you win 6-1. Unless we're going to say, you know, as I said, those, those first 5-10 minutes of the second half. Mm-hmm. Um, the ne- negatives perhaps, of course, are a few. Uh, it's not negative, it's that you could say was not that positive that Ecuador had big problems to get to the stadium or to Spain. They have problems in so- the social hmm. uh, matters and... Uh, they, ha- they had uh, almost all of the players under 23, I think. It yes, it was a young team. You could say both teams are kind of in a renewal kind of phase, but Ecuador possibly have a little bit more work to do in that sense than, than Argentina. They've been pretty poor yeah. for about the last three years now. When yeah. I remember, what was it, the first few games in the World Cup qualifying for 2018, they were fantastic. They beat Argentina something like 3-0. They looked... Pretty good, uh, a pretty good bet to, to make Russia, and then all of a sudden it all came crashing down, hmm. and they haven't really been able to to get out of that tailspin. And yeah, on Sunday they offered they offered very little um, to get excited about, other than just basically cannon fodder for for Argentina, who did uh, you know taking into account the opposition's weakness, played very well. I thought I was um, I was pleasantly surprised. I thought one. Uh, one change that worked very well, considering those the nasty things we had to say about Argentina's defence uh, against Germany, particularly in the in the uh, in the first half, was um, actually playing a defender on the right side of uh, on the left side of central defence, who's informed and good, which was Nicolas Tagliafico, who's been kind of a fixture at left back for for much of the last two or three years but this time he was shunted a little bit inwards and Marcos Acuna came in and Marcos Acuna for my money if he wasn't man of the match he was one of the men of the match because he had a very good game he was he put a pinpoint cross on Eladio's head for the first goal 
here uh, in the second goal, Espinosa's own goal. It was basically him who, who forced it with, a, with another devilish cross. And his cross as well was played into Laudara Martinez, who was brought down for the third goal, the penalty, mm. which led to probably the funniest moment of the game, a fairly uh, petty tiff between uh, Laudara Martinez and Leandro Perez, who, about who was actually going to take the penalty. Yes, won by which, Perez. Which Leonel Scaloni even managed to find something positive to say about that afterwards, didn't he? he well, it's, I'd, I'd rather it's obviously Laudara's hungry for goals, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, at first he wasn't very happy with that situation, of course. Uh, the problem, I think, I, I heard this also as a funny thing, but I think it's not that funny, which could be real, is that Lautaro Martinez is, is seeing how Alari is scoring goals and, and he wants to score too. Uh, I mean, any number yes. nine worth it still wants to score goals. And perhaps he was thinking back as well to the Mexico match where he was on a hat-trick, but kind of magnanimously gave Perez the ball for it on the penalty to... To score, any four? Yeah. yeah. Paredes maybe, maybe owes me one. But uh, Paredes wasn't having any of it. But it was all all very nice in the end. He scored his kick and Laudaro was the first one to come up and give him a bit of a cover. So we can we can put away the Argentina crisis dressing room rumble talk, at least for yes. uh, another month. Indeed. Um, but yes. Um, yes, and our friendly. Acuna, yeah. I was very impressed with Acuna, Taliafica, that kind of axis and... Pesera as well on the other side of the fence was, was very solid. Uh, it was much improved, obviously, against much weaker opposition, but there might just be something there, I think, to, to work on. Um, possibly there's a case to be made for Talia Figo not uh, being a guy you can see play at international level at left-back, kind of going forward. He doesn't. He's not a guy who offers a huge amount, I don't think, in the... Uh, in the opposition half. You wouldn't say? I mean, he's... he's no. I think, I mean, he, he, he's looked good for Ajax, or he, he did last season anyway. I've not seen him much this season. Well, I thought for Ajax, he tends to play more in the centre as well, or on kind of the left side of a three-man defence. Okay. Um, I'd say, I mean, he's obviously a very good player, but perhaps if you're going to use a system which Argentina, Argentina seem to like, kind of getting guys mm. kind of going forward from depth. And if you have Juan Foyt... On the other side, who is clearly a, yeah, a centre defender out of the left back, is yeah. going to get forward, yeah. And it worked very well, you know, this with Acuna bombing forward and Ocampos, who was the, at least on paper, the left winger, hmm. really yeah. cutting in and no. uh, playing a more central, almost number 10 role. It was an interesting, it's an interesting alternative, at least for, for Argentina and something, I think. Di Maria didn't could like, be developed. I think Di Maria didn't like uh, Ocampos' performances because. He's clearly the one who I think I think could replace him. Oh please, God! But no. Di Maria's, I mean, not really in the conversation anymore now. Sure, you, you, say, sure. America, you say you say he isn't. Gonna... Well, I think that we've, if we've been saying for years, oh, hopefully he's not going to be. But I mean, he's not been mentioned since the Copa America. Of Has course, if Ocampos, one of the first friendlies. No, but, well, if Ocampos uh, won't wouldn't have played like this in two friendlies, of course. Perhaps uh, Acuna will, will uh, occupy that that side, but mm. if if Ocampos uh, now it's like yes, Ocampos is great or well, uh, uh, he has secured his place in, in the national team. Uh, but this is, I think, something to be sure about that perhaps this makes Di Maria be clearly out of the, <laughs> sure. right, of, yeah. the of the school. 
I think um, we can all agree that the first choice Scaloni midfield, if they're all fit, it would be Paredes, uh, De Paul, both of whom played on Sunday, and Lo Celso, hmm. who has been very much favoured by Scaloni, and rightly so, because he's a very good player. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, uh, obviously, then fitting Messi somewhere in ahead of, of those three, and with two out-and-out out forwards, as we saw in the, the Copa America... Lautaro Martinez and Sergio Aguero worked very well uh, during that tournament, and Alario, Alario Martinez as well is is looked very promising. Yeah, Alario I think has come in over this international break, including the game in Germany, and, and proven that he can be a bit of a wild card um, there. Uh, Nicolas Gonzalez was a really interesting one because, frankly, I don't. I mean, similarly to what we were saying about Rojo playing in spite of not playing for Man United, Nicolas Gonzalez, by all accounts, has been playing splendidly this season. Um, and his performances have merited an international call-up, but he's been doing it in the second division. In Germany, um, yes. With Stuttgart. So I'm not really sure why he got called up. Having got called up, he, he played quite well on Sunday. Yeah. You know, against very weak opposition, and he, he did a decent job. But I'm, I'm, he's ex Argentinos, right? Yes. Um, yes, yeah, yes. yeah. But I was a little bit confused about what he was doing mm. on the pitch at the same time. And the other interesting thing was that, you know, Petzela's partner at centre back, Walter Kahneman, um, after uh, Scaloni made this big thing of not calling up any River or Boca players because they're involved in the semi-finals of the Libertadores, he then calls up a Gremio player who is also involved in the semi-finals of the Libertadores. Yeah, who who cares about Brazil? Isn't one of the players who is going to you know potentially have a long future ahead of him for the national team because he's 29, mm-hmm. um, and then he plays him in the second friendly as well, not not even in the first one to give him more time off afterwards. Uh, it's little bit odd, although obviously, as you say, who cares about Brazil, right? Exactly. If Kahneman gets injured, then Scaloni isn't <laughs> going to have it, have it in the neck from River and Boca to anywhere near the same extent. They might um, even be happy. Indeed. Getting rid of yeah. a potential Depending rival for the Bali, Bali, yeah. gets injured, yeah. Um, but no, overall, I, I, I thought it was fine. Foyt at right back is, is still not a decision that I, I'm completely happy with. I can understand it if, yeah. if you are thinking, as you said earlier, Dan, that it's, you're going to have a, a more problem, attacking yes. left back. Mm-hmm. But he's not... He's decent, you know, he's a decent defender. Um, I think I'd, I'd rather see him given chances at centre-back than and, and try and find somebody who can who, who plays right-back naturally. I mean, Sarabia be ideal, yeah. international class. But they came in pretty well on uh, on Sunday. Yeah, yeah indeed. Uh, what, I mean, he's, minutes, he's capable of doing a job yeah. and, and he at least plays in the right position. But all of three, all, 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 of all three uh, right-backs who are being called up, like him, Foyt, um, Sarabia and Montiel. Sarabia is the only one who is a natural right back because Montiel, when he when he started, he was a, a centre back and then. Is that uh, right? I thought it was yes, just a he, bit crap. Yes, yes, it's maybe true, but he converted into a right back and uh, you can tell because he, he has some difficulties when he had to. I mean, Foy's been converted as well, though, right? Yes, like, yes, he's, yeah. he's more of a centre back. Also. Yeah, that's what Andres is saying. Like Sarabia, oh, was Sarabia the is the only natural. I thought you were saying Foyt was the right. only natural. No, 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 right. no. Of course. Uh, but of course, uh, Foyt is uh, Tottenham, and he started playing there, and he's yes, like you said, decently. Um, but uh, I don't know the reason why he's trying. He's uh, 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 trusting more in 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 Foyt than in Sarabia, who is. Probably perfect. It's just to see how Foyt does, since Sarabia had most of the Copa America and is not, you know, a bit more tried and tested, I guess. Because mm. we all know Scaloni loves a tinker. Indeed, indeed we do. 
Uh, I've seen Marquesin. I, I guess this is the one negative that you could find <laughs> from the 6 1 scoreline is that the one uh, was kind of on Marquesin. It was, it was a decent free kick, but he really. I mean, it was a cross, right? should have kept it out. It was, yes, yeah. it, it also was a cross. I'm, I've got to get confused with that amazing free kick from the Libertadores Femenina the other day. Um, I mean, we're not talking Quintero against. Uh, no, we're very much not. It was yeah. just mishit. Uh, and, and he let it fly in. Yeah, I mean, on, on Marquesino, I made the point on Twitter. It was kind of a decision that, that puzzles me a little bit because he played both matches, right? Hmm. Um, I mean, this is a guy, Marquesino, he's a very good keeper. He's solid. Uh, not judging him, of course, on one goal. Uh, he's got a fan, he had a fantastic record in, in Mexico, and I think he's now at Porto, right, where he's doing pretty good. That sounds right. It's plausible? Yes. Yeah. Um, but the guy's uh, 31 years old. He is, by some way, the third choice for, for Argentina now, uh, behind Esteban Andrada and or Franco Armani. Feel free to arrange those in the order which you prefer. Um, so because the manager does, depending on what side of the bed he gets out, and pretty much, morning, yeah. Basically, um, there's very little to choose between those two. And Marquezine's clearly, at least in Scaloni's considerations, a way behind. So my question was, um, why play for these games when you had on the bench two guys uh, in Juan Musso, who I believe is 24-25, and Emiliano Martinez, the Arsenal. Keeper who's never played for Arsenal, who's also, I think, what, 26, 27, something like that. Two guys who could potentially uh, go on to take the number one jersey after, you know, biding their time behind the two uh, current front runners. Um, why not give them a run out? If these are games where you're testing people, you're playing Juan Foya right back in his first appearance of the entire season, mm. it, it seemed kind of short sighted to me. If, no, not to not to give them at least one game. Yeah, I I, I think that that's fair. Mm-hmm. Um, the other, perhaps, uh, not exactly. I, mean, I don't want to pick holes unnecessarily in a six-one win because it was a mm-hmm. very good performance. But if you're trying out players, I mean, try out uh, a keeper. Yeah, uh, the other. So the other points were Guido Rodriguez actually got a full half uh, this time, rather than just five seconds <laughs> uh, against Germany before the fri- the final whistle went uh, off the bench. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was subbed on for Leandro Paredes. Um, Dominguez, we've we've already uh, commented no. on. That's oh, no, that's, we haven't. Sorry, we commented on Nicolas no. Gonzalez. This is yes. another Nicolas. That's one. I think that, that Nicolas uh, Dominguez is one that we we will usually see uh, being called up. Also, well, from next year he will be in the Serie A, Italian Serie A, as he has been sold to Bologna. Yeah, uh, and he's still at Belles, but will will. Uh, uh, leave uh, for 2020. So I think that's his all, uh, another one that, uh, of course, we will, we, we could say that Scaloni has to do with that, and will be, that will be true because uh, uh, perhaps it was obvious for any coach to call him up, but he was the one who, yeah. who did it. Yeah, I think that's uh, fair. Uh, Matias Vargas, last 20 uh, minutes, bit of a cameo role. Didn't yeah, do an didn't awful lot, but I mean. Well, he, came in se- he came on 70 minutes in, by which point Argentina were leading 4 1. Um, so, you know, what else can you expect of him, really? It's not as if you've got. 
But one player who I was kind of surprised by, or not, not surprised by actually at all, was Paolo Dybala, who was subbed on for Lautaro Martinez at half-time, therefore was on the pitch uh, for half of Argentina's goals, mm-hmm. and in fact set the fourth one up. He put the free kick in, which Herman Pensela headed in. He did. But apart from that... And I think his, his shot, um, the rebound fell to Ocampos, who finished very well. Oh, that was Dybala's shot. No, he was Barra's shot. That was Dybala's shot. Was that? Was that was the was it? Yes. Oh, I'm that's sure right. Yeah, I don't think it was Dybala. Yes. Because apart from that, that cross for the free kick, I once again yeah. thought, Carlo Dybala's not doing very much for Argentina. No. Yeah, um, it's a very, very strange one. Um, I mean, if you're going to be the fulcrum of the attack, uh, you know, Argentina scored three goals without him doing very much, so mm-hmm. it, it isn't harming the team that much. No. But once again, he's just kind of failed to uh, grasp the nettle by the horns, as the analogy yes. does not go. So if you're yeah. learning English by listening to the Pod, don't use that because people think you're ill. And don't um, learn English by listening to the Pod. No, indeed, that's probably not a great idea, but I know that there are at least a few people who do. Mm. Uh, so that's not an actual thing that people say. Uh, Dybala didn't take the opportunity no. that was presented to him once again. And this is, you know, it was the last opportunity presented to him while Lionel Messi is not <clears> in the side because Messi is going to be back for next month's international break. Um, and next month's international break is going to involve friendlies against Brazil and on my birthday on your birthday oh well. indeed oh. but I'm going to be away for it but I might watch it so um, Paraguay will be or Uruguay I got dizzy because it was one of the guys wasn't it because they both claimed the both federations uh, confirmed the friendly against Argentina ah yes <laughs> at the same time so uh, I get confused about it Uh, it is next month, isn't it? Yes, November. Yes, last. So they're going before. to be at Paraguay ah, on the 18th, on the 18th. Um, of November. Oh, I'm going to be on holiday. Haha, <laughs> that's the first day I'm going to be away for. Uh, so if you were planning on robbing my house, then now you know. Um, but yeah, so Argentina are going to have you know two tests, right? We don't know where this is going to be played against Paraguay. I think the Brazil game is going to be in Brazil, isn't it? Or somewhere else, do we not? I did see this before, but now I can't remember. Hang on, let me see whether they've got it, because I think they must have arranged a venue for that one at least, because it's Argentina and Brazil, so, and so it's going to be somewhere, isn't it? Oh good, Google hasn't got it up. <laughs> Excellent. Um, but my, anyway, my point is that if you're Lionel Scaloni now, then do you give Dybala another chance? Or do you... Maybe it's hard because he's going to carry on being on the fringes, I think. But he's still, I mean, he's still done very little to to merit inclusion. I think Mm. all these games he's played. I mean, he's had he's got as many goals in on Argentina duty as Lucas Ocampos now in quite a few more games. Yeah, (sighs) that's the problem. He didn't take advantage of, of the opportunity when a lot a lot of. Other players did uh, against Ecuador a, a, a quite weak rival like, uh, comparing to Germany, even when Germany was a third string of Germany. Uh, Alario and Campos took advantage seriously of those opportunities, and Dybala in the other side mm. uh, clearly didn't. So, yes, it's I don't know what, what to, to, to answer about if even if it's messy there. Yeah. Exactly, and I mean, you know, he, we, we mentioned last week Dybala's comments about uh, it's very difficult to play alongside Lionel Messi. That got blown up out of proportion and, and misrepresented. Um, 
But, you know, on, on the face of it, Lionel Messi not being on the pitch yes. means that there isn't somebody who is moving into the same spaces as Dybala likes to move into, operating in the same kind of role and same kind of position as he likes to, to, to operate in, which was the point of what he was trying to say in that uh, interview. Um, well, we know for sure yet, he still didn't really yeah. influence the game at all. Well, we know for sure is that... Sorry to interrupt. Would you like to know where Argentina-Brazil is going to be played? Please. They're going to play on Friday, November the 15th, better known as the birthday of Dan, mm-hmm. in Riyadh. In where? In Riyadh. Riyadh. Oh, okay, good. The capital of Saudi Arabia. In which case, Paraguay presumably won't be in Asuncion a few days later. Mm, uh, no. It'll be somewhere more sensible. Um, wonderful. Yeah, good. And <laughs> what we're saying is about Messi is that we know, what we know for sure is that when Messi is back, there won't be any more fights for penalties because he will be the one. Yeah, do you think he should yeah, be? I mean, see Lautaro and if there's one yes. weak area of his game, then it's penalties. I mean, I. I Prefer either Martinez or Paredes taking them personally. I think they've got better records on them. Yeah, good luck with that. Yeah, no, I, mean, I, I agree. I mean, I, I agree that uh, that Andres is saying Messi's going to get first digs, but I think a more sensible thing might actually be to say, you know what, uh, maybe one of the guys who's a bit better at taking penalties should take the penalties. Mm. You know, if, if I was a goalkeeper, I still wouldn't want to be. You know, I, I wouldn't feel particularly confident. Facing Lionel well, Messi. No. One uh, good thing. The penalty situation. Right. I'm not trying to say that he's terrible at them, but they are clearly the weakest area of his game, mm-hmm. uh, which is a high bar to, to set, <laughs> let's say. Indeed. One good thing is that, just to calm down this thing of the penalties, Lautaro, uh, Paredes, and that, is that ESPN uh, showed after this uh, uh, a special with uh, or uh, several penalties in which. Two players uh, had an argument in in order to know who will shoot that penalty. Mm-hmm. So, yes, yes, it does happen. It does indeed. Um, anything else to add on the Ecuador friendly? James? Mm, not no, from myself, and that was fairly comprehensive. Not the main national team, but the uh, under twenty three national Ooh, team. Yeah, what did they do? Uh, played two friendlies against the same rival, mm. Mexico. Uh, both uh, draw with draws, mm. two two and one one. I think it was. Whereabouts for those? Where? Uh, well, no, I don't know the they venue. They were in Argentina, were they? they were no, because pre- they had previously played in last month, but now I don't know where, where it was. Uh, goal scorers, can you remember? The Argentina goal scorers, at least. Uh, no. <laughs> but uh, what I do know is that Gaich finally was called up there in the national, in the under 23, when he was saying that he was, he has been called up by uh, to the main national team. And he was sent off because he went bad on a, on a rival, of course. And and the the the, the matches were played as if they were tournaments, not friendly matches. Oh, so they played yesterday with Mexico. I had no idea. They also that was one all, and Belmonte got the golden man from Belmonte. Yes, uh, the Lanús uh, midfielder. The under 17s have just. 15 minutes ago or so, um, beaten Canada 2-1. Lucas Baraldo and Lautaro Obando are the scorers. Ah, there. yes, of course. Um, of course. I'm going through the, the Argentine-made live score Cup? app on my phone. It's the qualifying, uh, <laughs> I think. No, I think it's the, the actual oh, it's the World actual Cup. under-17 yeah. World Cup, is it? Okay. Yeah, because um, qualifying is uh, sort of already gone. Ah, right, yeah, that makes more sense. Lovely. It, it says here, oh, they're getting closer to the World Cup, but um, oh, must be that's bollocks, because they're at the World Cup. What? 
Oh, oh, that could explain it, I guess. Yeah. Pre World Cup friendly. Anyway, the, the, basically, this is just giving me the um, the Twitter feed of the national team on right. inside my live score app. So I'm scrolling down until I find something about where these two Mexico friendlies were. Here we go. Tomas Belmonte uh, scored um, on on yesterday, which is Tuesday because we're recording this on Wednesday night. Uh, so that was an equaliser with about 10 minutes to go after Luis Hernandez had opened the scoring for Mexico in Pachuca. Pachuca. Um, and then the other game was... Oh, God. On Saturday, 2-2. Two, two. Two, two. Can you see where the scores are, Dom? Uh, I will look. I appear to have exhausted my live score apps um, Twitter feed thing here. Oh, here we go. Hang on. No, they won 3 nil. Oh, that's the other 17 to go. Bloody hell, this is confusing. I'm going to give up and just let you two find it. Um, <laughs> Here we go. Anyway. Keep talking and I'll get back to you. Indeed, yes. There, there should be a separate page on it for the under-23s. I thought there was, but I can't find it. Cristian Romero and Lucas Robertoni. In a 2-2 draw? In a 2-2 draw mm. in El Estadio Olímpico de Juárez. Lovely. Which sounds like Mexico, too. Yes, indeed it is. With um, the... The referee was Alejandro Funk, the second yes, funniest referee's name of this international window after Salvatore Tutifrutti. Oh God, I forgot to ask about that. Please tell our listeners, Dan, about Salvatore Tutifrutti. I know very little about Salvatore Tutifrutti, only his name and that he was the linesman for Sunday's match against Ecuador. And oh, he was the linesman. He wasn't the fourth official who had to come on. And I believe referee. he was the linesman. Because the ref had to sub himself. Yes. Way, didn't he? Uh, and he came on for the ref when the, when the ref got injured. And yes, mm. made us all very happy with his, uh, with his family name. Yes, indeed he did. On that note, uh, we're going to take a half-time break on, on, on the note of the referee called Funk. Here's some yes. tango funk. It's the first referees with artistic names. Yes. Yes. Yeah, tweet those in, and maybe we'll do a Hand of Pod Extra on it at some point. Although not today, because we've got a topic for today's Hand of Pod Extra. But uh, we're going to play you some music and refill glasses and all of that stuff. And um, we will be back in a few minutes to review, or, or to preview, and do a little bit of reviewing and a little bit of previewing of various club matches, including the one that you're all thinking of. So don't go away. to record the second half of the podcast just as one of Dan's uh, neighbours decides to start arguing with his kid. So if you can hear them in the background, sorry. Um, the it's not Paredes and Laudora Martinez, are their neighbours. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the uh, Primera Femenina did not break for the men's international break, rather obviously, uh, because they're not men, that's the whole point. Um, and the results of it were as follows. River beat Racing 3-1 in Belgrano. Independiente got a 3-1 win over Villa San Carlos. Estudiantes beat Lanús 3-2, not 3-1. And Rosario Central beat Platense 4-0. Those were all on Sunday. On Monday, San Lorenzo 
who are the early leaders with a perfect record so far, beat Televisión. Uh, my girlfriend refused to believe that that was the actual name of a football club. And I was like, no, it really isn't. I had to explain to her. Uh, they called them. the plug on them, we could say. Oh, very good. Well done. Uh, beat them 6-0. Uh, Macarena Sanchez uh, scored at least one of those goals. I can't remember. Uh, she might have got two. Again, uh, I can't remember who the other scorers were. Uh, I, I caught a very, very small amount of that game because it was on TV while we were having lunch, having gone to the Malba um, earlier in the day. And on Tuesday, El Porvenir and Excursionistas played out a 3-3 draw. On Wednesday, which is to say earlier today, Defensores de Belgrano versus Gimnasia La Plata finished 5-2 to the visitors. And Huracan versus Boca was called off due to rain. So that didn't even kick off. In fact, it was uh, postponed. Wait, that's today. It didn't rain that much today. Yeah, I'm guessing it was a morning kickoff, as Andres said, while you were outside, or mm. waterlog pitch or whatever, because they weren't playing in the Palacio, yeah. were they? I, I, well, I don't imagine they were going to play in the Palacio. And rain also robbed us of the most hotly anticipated uh, Primera Nacional game of the weekend. Oh, yes. Against, Which was? I'm uh, guessing Atlanta against somebody. High-flying Atlanta against high-flying Estudiantes de Buenos Aires. Estudiantes de Buenos Aires, however... Uh, the last remaining Estudiantes in the Copa Argentina now. Uh, this is back to the men's game, obviously, um, because a little earlier this afternoon, um, Estudiantes de la Plata went out of the Copa Argentina thanks to a 1-0 win for Central Córdoba de Santiago de Estero. Yeah. And Estudiantes de Buenos Aires quarterfinal has not yet been played. It kicks off in one hour and ten minutes' time. Uh, it is against... Colón. Oh, thank you, Colón. I knew it was And the winner faces River in the same final. Mm-hmm. Um, so we are slightly closer to knowing the identity uh, of the Copa Argentina semi finalists. One of them are, are already River Plate, one of them are already Central Córdoba de Santiago del Estero, and then the others will be. Uh, so River Plate, the winners of Colón versus. Um, Estudiantes de Caseros or Estudiantes de Buenos Aires. If you're Googling, then that's the same team. I uh, see uh, Colón Estudiantes are playing in Paraná. So the Copa Argentina, once more, uh, staying true to this principle of putting the this. venue more or less uh, <laughs> in the middle of the two participating teams. Of course, Colón had to cross an entire river to, to get to that game. Yes, absolutely. And Estudiantes de Buenos Aires, a mere 400-odd kilometres uh, by my well, way. Central Cordoba versus Estudiantes de la Plata yeah. was played in Cordoba. It's a virtual home game for the home side. That actually is kind of in the middle, to be fair. It is, Even yes. a little bit closer to Central Cordoba. Indeed. Which is surprising. Um, but yeah, the joke, of course, being that Central Cordoba are from Cordoba. They're from Santiago del Estero, as the name de Santiago del Estero suggests. And the other quarterfinal is... Is it La Nuce Independiente? Or am I misremembering? Yes, they yeah? play tomorrow. Oh, that's been scheduled, has it? The last mm-hmm. time I looked at it, they hadn't bothered to tell us when that one was going to be played. I thought it was going and to be River defeated Almagro 2-0 because it was on Friday. Yes. Of course they oh, of course, that was the other game we wanted to talk about. Yes. Never mind the result. Juan Fernando Quintero. I did, having missed the game because I was in the pub uh, earlier that evening. In fact, talking to one of our listeners, I'll mention that very briefly a bit later. Um, I, when I got home and after my girlfriend had gone to bed... I went back on the catch-up, as I said I was going to, and I thought, I can't be asked watching the whole game because I know what happened. So I just fast-forwarded and watched the last half hour, which was the half hour that Quintero was on the pitch for. And um, he looks fine. He looks yes. sharp. 
He's wasn't spectacular, but you know, should have had for a his goal, first right? game in seven minutes, in seven months. And he's and yeah, limber. He he's limber because he said that uh, the the injury, uh, otherwise or what would anyone would think, made him be conscious and, and not. To, of course, uh, you are not running the same uh, uh, um, meters that than yeah. when you are active, and and if you eat the same the same food, uh, you will of course. Uh, be fatter. Yes. I'm sorry, I've never saw I've never seen Quintero run on a football pitch. This sounds That's that's why we love him. Do yes, this sounds suspiciously like fake news to me. But but it is uh, I, I think it's fair to say that he's not blessed with the same uh, metabolism that, that you Whether, have done. <laughs> Whether he runs or he walks when he was injured, he walked more, less than he when he was uh, nothing. I'm almost sure of this that he's run more in the last 6 months than he ever did uh, on a football pitch. Yes. Um, back to the Primera Femenina anyway the standings at the moment are the San Lorenzo top the table with 12 points Boca could have gone level with them or could have overtaken them on goal difference obviously but for that suspended Huracan game so both of those teams have 100% records uh, White Orquiza also have a 100% record and are level with Boca on 9 points because they're the team who had the the free uh, game this, this weekend or this round just gone that ran from Sunday to Wednesday uh, River are fourth with nine points from four games. Gimnasia have nine points from four games, and so on down. Um, so, if the game, if the first half of the season were to end today, then the eight teams going into the championship zone—I don't like that word as an English <laughs> translation for sauna—the championship group, let's say, for the second half of the, of the season would be San Lorenzo, Boca, White Orquiza, River, Gimnasia, Social Atletico, Televisión who, in spite of getting tonked twice in a row, still got positive goal difference, thanks largely to that 8-0 win on the first weekend. Uh, Estudiantes de la Plata and Rosario Central. I think that one of the interesting things, although I haven't managed to catch as many of these games as I would have liked to um, so far this season, but one of the interesting things that I am finding is that uh, the clubs who um, have... The, the clubs who signed more professional players to their books, you know, San Lorenzo were the first team to do so, and they made this big show, although the AFA were only going to subsidise eight professional contracts. San Lorenzo signed 15 players to professional contracts. Uh, a bunch of the other clubs since followed suit and signed, signed up, you know, 13, 14 players rather than just the eight. The clubs who, who signed more professional players to their books are doing better so far. Funny how that works, I guess. Indeed it is. But, yeah. the other, but the other thing is that in many cases it, it, it's helped them to improve. Independiente um, are getting better results than... I mean, OK, they've, they've won one and lost three, but I think by this time last season they've, they've lost all of their games. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there were a number... And then Central and Social Atletico Televisión weren't in the Primera last season. Um, and at the moment they're both in the top half of the table. So it's an interesting one to look at. There's so far, after only four rounds of games, we'll see how long it holds up for, but there is a correlation um, between those teams who signed more professional players and the teams who have got more points so far. Yes, and River has signed a, a, a player from the United States. Uh, I assume it is, of course, professional mm-hmm. with the contract because uh, it's uh, Jordan O'Brien who has played in, in Norway, but of course he's, he's from the United States. Uh, and yes, he she has a one of the best qualities he has is the long or middle distance shot. Right. So she's a new signing. Yes. Okay. Yes. Well, yeah. very interesting. Bringing players from the first world. 
Mm. It doesn't happen in the men's game. No. Well, I guess no. Daniel De Rossi, arguably Italy's the first world. Happens quite a bit in basketball, actually. There's a, oh, true. Quite, yeah, a few, yeah, uh, quite a few NBA Yankees going around. Rejects or youngsters. Mm, who yeah, college. Um, not dropouts, but guys who didn't quite make it in uh, in the NBA. Yes. Yeah. Or you. Um, please, no Italians right in. I was joking. Uh, I didn't mean to offend you. I probably failed in not meaning to offend you, but still. Um, anyway, yeah, there we go. Uh, what else will we... Oh, right, yeah. There's a big game on next week. Is it Tuesday or Wednesday? Tuesday. Tuesday, Tuesday isn't it? Because both River Plate and Boca Juniors are playing on Friday evening in the Superliga. Do you know why? This week. Because of the fact they're playing in the Libertadores on Tuesday. No, no, because they would have been playing on Saturday. Okay. Uh, because there is a big pro-government march on Saturday. Oh, it's going to be great fun, yes. Right, yeah. And apparently they couldn't have uh, a big pro-government march and a Boca game on the same day I'm not going to make the obvious joke there um, so they moved the Boca game to Friday and River had Trans- to follow in for a lot of people getting down to the Bombonera would have been yeah. Boca are at home aren't they they yes. are at home yeah. yes but they, yeah, but in fairness it would have been awful yeah. because so if you don't know the geography of Buenos Aires uh, the one of the main gathering points for this pro-government match I assume is going to be Plaza de Mayo uh, the Obelisco apparently and the Obelisco which is not an awfully long way from, from Boca Stadium. And if you're coming from basically anywhere on the other side of Noemi de Julio and trying to get to Boca Stadium, then, yeah, it's a right mess, wouldn't it? And there is a fast food company store that is not happy with this, but they will be there. Yeah, I mean, they've got to be happier with a pro-government march than a pro-Boca march, this particular yes. fast food company, mm-hmm. um, you would think. Yes. Um, so, yeah, and then obviously, yeah, River can't play a day after Boca because that would be sacrilege. And so, of course, yes. Now, unlike the first leg, where Boca had two hours extra rest because they played before River mm-hmm. did the previous weekend, now it's the other way around. River yes. are going to have two hours extra rest because they play at seven. Yes. And Boca's game is going to kick off at ten past nine, yes. I think it is. Um, so, anyway... It's the second leg. It's the Libertadores semi-final. There is a place in the Libertadores final up for grabs. Have any opinions changed or matured like a fine wine since we recorded our first leg review show, gents? Well, Bocca's astrologer says that um, they're going to level it. Uh, that's a he given. They're going to win four 0 didn't they? No, he was misquoted apparently. Ah, he didn't. Right, okay. said no, completely misquoted. Mm-hmm. What now he said is that it's absolutely guaranteed that they're going to tie the series. Uh, they're going to score one goal and then they're going to score the other. Okay. Um, and then there is an 80-20% chance, 80% chance, I don't know why I added the negative okay, yeah, chance, yeah, sure. an 80% chance that they will go on to get the knockout blow, as he said. I see. So he yes. is more confident than probably most people are that Boca are going to keep a clean sheet. I imagine so. I mean, I haven't been tracking the the path of Saturn in Scorpio or Venus in uh, one of the other star signs, so I couldn't possibly comment. But back on planet Earth, it's going to be very difficult for Boca. Um, Sorry, I'm they've... trying to think whether any of Boca's players have got names that would lend themselves well to a pun about astrology here but I can't mm. can anyone think of one mm, no. no off the top of my head I don't think there is what were you saying Dan anyway carry on yeah um, from what I've seen over the last couple of Boca performances they haven't transformed to any 
particularly a particularly major degree uh, to make one think that they they could turn this around. I'd say River, uh, the overwhelming favourites, more than anything, because this is exactly the kind of game that this season at in particular they've shown themselves very adept uh, uh, playing uh, away from home night you know and in the league at least they've had a few big games where they scored early and just uh, been absolutely surgical on the counter attack and run and have run up many a goal uh, playing i mean not not counter attack as you might think you know sticking everyone back and looking to hit every now and then but kind of a very uh, Howard, a kind of very systematic, very controlled game of luring the um, the opposition in in ones and twos, and then hitting absolutely um, decisively. Yeah, they're on also multiple occasions. They're also very good by South American standards at sort of targeted pressing. That's the one. I'm targeted which, pressing is which may or something may not, that I wanted to say. Which may or may not be the thing that the Europeans call Gagan pressing. Now, I'm not. I'm not fully up to date with my football hipster no uh, but it sounds good Um, maybe but yeah where you get a few people going to the ball or towards the player with the ball for a very short space of time in order to try and press them as soon as they get it but not bothering too much if you can't immediately win it back yes uh, to sort of fluster them Um, River are very good at doing that and therefore winning the ball back high up the pitch and being able to counter from the halfway line or whatever which indeed if you've got Rafael Santos Borre running at a a defence who are already on the back foot can be quite Dangerous. Yes, and I think as we said, we said a couple of times, this was exactly the kind of situation that Boca didn't want to find themselves in, uh, needing to come from behind without even uh, the luxury of an away goal, knowing that they have to score at least two and stop River from scoring. Because I don't think even the most optimistic astrologer would uh, could see Boca scoring four goals against River. Um, it's going to be very difficult. Um, I honestly can't see it, uh, especially with uh, the kind of injury issues that, that Boca have had over over the last few weeks. De Rossi has just disappeared off the off the face of the earth. He's a kind of, he's a kind of guy who say you know he might be three hundred years old, but he, you know, but you think wow, the pedigree he has is exactly mm-hmm. the kind of game you want him in your team for, and the kind of game I assume that he was signed for. Um, with Tevez as well, there's been all sorts of reports that he's unhappy because he's been left out of the the formal practice sessions, as it seems to get reported in the Argentine Argentine media. He's not been if, if the press and Boca fans and 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 the political situation at the club, where you know the presidential elections coming up, if Dan uh, Daniele, if if Daniel Angelisi decides that. Um, that uh, Tevez has to play because if Tevez doesn't play and Boca get knocked out then he's going to get it in the neck if all of that conspires to mean that Carlos Tevez actually starts the game um, then it, it's I would be quite surprised but and, and yet I sort of wouldn't be entirely surprised either because mm. we're aware of the illogicality of Argentine football at times Indeed. But, but there is I mean if I'm a Boca fan I'd be worried about that happening because mm. he, he's not in absolutely awful form. He's, he's playing better than he was, you know, just before and then just after he came back from China and as far as we're aware and, you know, from what everybody says, better than he was actually in China. Mm-hmm. But he's a very long way from his peak and 
Yeah, but it's exactly the kind of... The conversation shouldn't be happening no. in the first place, right? The problem, the problem is it's exactly the kind of game that in which even the most pragmatic of football heads might think, ah, it's Tevez, he's got the experience, he's got the mystique, he's been there before, why not? I'm not saying it's right, mm. but it's the kind of thing that that could happen. Yeah, I, I was going to say that, that uh, if Boca has uh, that hope of, of turning over the, 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 the draw or the, the, the in the second leg, is that they have some players that uh, could do anything and, and make Boca get the result. Like, for example, Carlos Tevez playing well or bad is not something that has to do with the performance. And... And Boca has some play, players in which, uh, with whom River will have to be careful, like for example Salvio, and even Sarate when he's not at his best, uh, they could lose, be, do something and they could be dangerous. Uh, because as we know, this, this uh, uh, Alfaro team or this Boca team have players that they could do anything by themselves. I mean, the individual play, not that as a team. And Sarate, Salvio, uh, uh, playing all, all, all to the attack, of course, that is dangerous for him, for, for them, because as we, as you have mentioned, River as a counter-attack or pressing could, could be also dangerous. And this River is intelligent, or the players are intelligent, know what to do when there is a dangerous play, uh, match, uh, or they have all uh, against them. So it will be interesting to, to watch. Yeah, the... The team that I've just found here, I think this article might be from yesterday, um, but the team that he's that, and uh, Alfaro supposedly put out in training with an eye on the River game uh, was Esteban Andrade in goal. Okay, no surprises there. Um, and then a, a back four of Julio Buffarini, Lisandro Lopez, Carlos Izquierdos, and Emmanuel Mas. Um, he really doesn't have faith in Fabra, right? Fabra. Yeah. If he's playing Mas again after that horrible penalty. Who knows why? Um, across the midfield, Salvio, Marcone, Almendra, and Alexis McAllister. And then up front, Mauro Sarate and Jan Hurtado, who has flattered to deceive somewhat since joining um, Boca. Although he did look a lot better than was it a week and a half ago in the league. Like yes. his most recent appearance, yeah. He scored yes. a goal. Hurtado than Soldano, I think it's because of the physical power he has yeah. rather than Soldano. Uh, but Salvio and Sarate, I would agree with Andres, are, are the, the two keys really for Boca. Uh, Alexis McAllister obviously is, is, can be yes. very important for them as well, but he's fallen off a little bit. Don't get too you know, uh, uh, disappointed Brighton fans because he's not played by any means poorly. Uh, he's just not playing quite at the stellar level that he was when he joined Boca. And it's a big stage. Yeah, 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 yeah. indeed. Uh, but the midfield, I mean, I think the midfield really is going to benefit if, if, if it proves that if it turns out to be that De Rossi is fit to play, then playing him instead of Almendra um, against Marconi is going to free up Boca's front. I mean, you could sort of call it the front four, right? Like, no, but I, yeah. I think De Rossi sports. isn't, and he doesn't look like it's going to happen. And if he's, he will be just, at, uh, of course, with no rhythm, uh, oh. but he isn't at this point, I think. Or that, that is said. Inside Boca, of course. Yeah, uh, they can say that he's not, but he's uh, just not to say, not to other other. For example, people say, "Ah, you broke the Rossi, and he's broken," um, and that stuff. Uh, so mm. yes, uh, Ramon Abila is um, fighting for fitness. I think he's probably going to be subject to a last-minute fitness test. Um, 
from the way that everybody is talking. But about. for Ribery, I think for the back, uh, they are not the same player. But Hurtado or Avila will be similarly dangerous in, in the fact of the physical uh, power they have. Avila is not as tall as, as Hurtado. Mm. They is could he? not be so. Really? Well, the thing is, he's as wide as he is tall. Yeah, yes, like, kind I, of, uh, I always, whenever misleading. I think Hurtado, I not, think not really as tall as Hurtado, but the only play that Boca had in the first half of the uh, first leg was uh, made by, by, by Avila with his physical mm. power. Uh, and, and oh, bloody hell, he's my height. I thought he was like no. five foot eight or something. He's six <laughs> feet tall. Bloody hell. Soldano, I think he's... Yeah, he's a big lad. I think Soldano is, is, is uh, of course, not easy to mark, but... Uh, uh, of of the three strikers, I think. Hmm. Yeah, I'd, I'd be tempted to agree. I mean, obviously, none of them are, are in particularly great form, um, which possibly plays into to Rivers' hands. I mean, I've not really googled what might be Rivers' likely starting eleven because we can probably recite it by rush. Right? Yes, the same as uh, Armani Montiel. Uh, oh, hang on, is somebody suspended? One of the centre backs suspended? No, no, he, no. is Pinola? Pinola's going to play. Uh, well, I don't yes. Pinola. Yes, I think it's going to be Pinola. The same team, yes, Pinola, yeah. Casco. And so Perez with uh, the other guy. Palacios. Uh, Palacios, thank you. Uh, Nacho Fernandez. And then I guess the doubt is going to be Cruz. De La Cruz or Quintero. De La Cruz, I think. Which is a nice, yes, a nice dilemma to have from Marcelo Gachano's point of view. And then Santos Borre and, and Scocco. No, Suarez, Suarez because Suarez, Scocco, yes, Scocco will play tomorrow uh, along with Prato. Mm. Is, that is... That is uh, Curious, curious, because in the, in some time ago that was that should uh, or could have been the the, the starting lineup or yeah. the starting st- strikers, and now they are they are the well reserves. It's a point so, that Peter actually made um, on on Twitter uh, for the when the Copa Argentina game was played. I think it was. He said, you know, people do talk about Boca having the strongest squad, um, but River, when you think about you know, this is a largely second-string lineup they're putting out, and at least up front it is stacked. Uh, yes. Rivers' attack is is, is it's very a, dangerous, and they're all in really good form. Yes. And they are, yeah, that's the difference. Yes. Really. It's a very well-managed also squad. Mm. Uh, it's that's it's also fundamental, I think. Yeah. Um, so, is it fair to say I'm going to push you both into predictions um, when we next return to record? Are we expecting to be previewing a Copa Libertadores final involving Boca Juniors or a Copa Libertadores final involving River Plate? Mm, river, I'm going to have to say. Of course, this hires River, but I, I wouldn't guess. Uh, uh, if I have to analyze, uh, make an analysis, I don't. I, I, I wouldn't say yeah, River because Boca are playing home with their people, and and we have to respect that. Yeah, I I I, I don't think it's. Over, I think Boca can certainly make it interesting, but I, I, River have got to be heavy favourites given the, the golf in, in form. And if and River do go free, it will make it five out of five for Marcelo Gallardo in cup ties against Boca. And I think it's not a bad record at all. To be I, I think I'm right in saying that if they avoid defeat on the night, then that will make it seven Super Clásicos unbeaten competitively, without not counting friends. Mm-hmm. Something like that. I don't remember that. I wouldn't want to speculate with all the Superliga games. I, th- I think I read after the first leg that it was that they were six unbeaten in in matches rather really? than in ties. Um, when was the like the? Uh, it wasn't the Superliga because it was 2015. 
the match for the tournament uh, in which Boca defeat River and then River uh, eliminated them from the Copa Libertadores. It was 2015, I think. That, that two was nil. 2015, yeah. Yes. After that, they River didn't uh, lose there. They, River haven't lost since then. Yes, no, I think so. I think they have. No, I'm sure they have. No, at the Monumental, but not at the Monumental. Uh, ah, right. No, I mean at home or away in ah, all competitions. Okay. River, I think it's currently six games against Boca unbeaten. Um, anyway, we'll move on now to what I'm going to rechristen for the week, listeners' corner, rather than like listeners' questions. Corner. So um, corner because that has something to do with football as well. Indeed, yes. Yeah. First of all, because they're not all questions, basically. Right. Oh, but you're right. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? Um, so first of all, just to say that uh, over the last few days, I have met up with two of our very nice listeners. Uh, so thank you um, for the drinks and the good conversation to David and to Rue, uh, who I've met over the last few days. Uh, the rest of you, if you're passing through Buenos Aires, I can't speak for the other two. But if you send me an email, I'm always happy to meet up with people who are who are passing through and have a chat. And you can watch me play pool and marvel at how good I am and stuff. I'll um, evaluate it on a listener by listener basis. Yes, indeed. Uh, Dan, Dan's harder to get hold of but uh, feel free to approach him <laughs> as well and the other is a correction to something I said last week because um, my best mate and the composer of our fantastic theme tune Nick Ball um, messaged me on WhatsApp when he reached the bit where I said last week in passing after several drinks and when we were talking about how ridiculous some statistical stalk is uh, that Bristol Rovers have never beaten Man United at Old Trafford. Do you remember I pointed that out and how pointless it is to come up with that kind of stat? Right. It turns out Bristol Rovers have beaten Man United mm. at Old Trafford. And I should have said, and I think in a way this actually is perfectly in keeping with the spirit of the point that we were trying to make. Uh, Bristol Rovers haven't beaten Man United at Old Trafford since 1972. Mm. It would be 1972. And Man United fans will know why I say that. Um, they got a 2-1 win in the League Cup. Since then... They have played Manchester United at Old Trafford once in the second division in 1974, uh, which resulted in a Manchester United win. Um, so, there we go. It has there happened. Bristol Rovers fans, sorry. Um, there we go. And now we will move on to listeners' questions, of which there are not an awful lot uh, this uh, week. We have had one... Oh, we've had a comment from Jason Longshaw the other day. who said, great listen. Thanks, everyone. Thank you very Thank much, you, Jason. Jason. Uh, Dan... Cola Simon says, which is more likely, Lautaro Martinez to return to Racing next season, citing homesickness, in inverted commas, or Ferro to go on a Copa Libertadores run in the next five years? Oof. I think he might be mocking you, Dan. Or, or is he mocking Ferro? I don't think he's mocking Ferro, because uh, famously he's a Ferro fan. Indeed. Well, you know, a bit of self-deprecation there from, from Dan. But Ferro is, is not even close to, to, to being promoted. So no, I think that's, that's, I think that's yes. Dan's point. Yeah. Yeah. He's, being, he's being mean. Um, I don't think either of those are going to happen in any possible year. Next season is, of course, very unlikely, yes. Yes. Uh, maybe, maybe the season after. Possibly the season after that. Yeah, maybe, maybe he gets fed up. Of, maybe uh, I can start, if I get hold of his number, I can start sending him, sending him kind of nostalgic... Racing terrace chants and videos, yeah, and kind of just start working on working on him, grinding him down. So if any of our listeners have uh, has Dara Martinez's phone number, uh, I would much appreciate it. The food and the fashion in Milan are famously, you know, not all that for a young man about town. No, no, no. I, I, I think he'd get bored. Personally, I reckon he should move to Manchester. We could use a centre forward. Hmm. 
And after I've said that, now obviously City will sign him. But anyway. <laughs> uh, and Ronnie Mazumda says, do you think for the second leg in the Bombonera that 2-0 is a sufficient lead for River or is it too close to call? Um, I mean, we've just actually talked about this. I've completely forgotten about Ronnie's question uh, or I, should have, I would have worked it in. Um, I think it's probably sufficient. It certainly should be sufficient yes. given what River are capable of doing. And I, I think, so to, I guess to make a point that we didn't quite mention a few, pardon me, a few minutes ago, too much tonic water in that last <laughs> um, I, I think that there is going to need to be some level of River chucking it away in order for Boca to get through next week. Yeah, you'd say that in a different year with a different Boca team, a different, um, a different River team and perhaps different coaches... Uh, 2-0 wouldn't be a death sentence hmm. um, but really considering the, the two sides as they are now and if, their history in recent games how they play it's it's very hard to, uh, to see past River I mean if, if Boca score early on which happens in the Bombonera very frequently you know, if that happens then it becomes an entirely new tie immediately you know, if Boca get a goal in yes. the five minutes the complexion actually changes and that's why I say it's not over yet and don't go thinking on Tuesday evening that if it's still nil-nil after five minutes, don't, don't start thinking, oh, well, Sam Kelly says that River are definitely going to go through now. <laughs> right, I'm not saying that. But my point uh, there is just that it's still going to be a really hard task for Boca to keep a clean sheet over 90 minutes. Um, yes. Which is what they really have to do, because if, they, if River score once, then Boca are going to have to score four. So. Yes. But what I think, and what I didn't say before, uh, is that I think the idea of uh, making Hurtado play is that perhaps they will uh, just put long balls for him to be a side pivot mm-hmm. and, and that will make River not be uh, like they usually do they, uh, that easy easiness to to have the counter attack because if it's a ball from, from the grass I mean the, the, from the, the, the pitch uh, that will be easier for him to capture the ball and try to attack but if the ball is long and, and high, that will be much, much harder for, him, for them. That's the idea I have for, for them to, to make a Hurtado play. Yeah, I think I agree with that. I mean, they're going to want to make River play, make River uh, make mistakes. Because with those two guys, uh, Alexis McAllister and Salvio out wide, they do have kind of pace and the possibility to put a bit of pressure on yeah. on the river defence if they just see possession and and look to go from there indeed they do Ronnie also asks why is Nacho Fernandez never summoned or played for the national team given on the right side of the nas- of the midfield nobody is impressed apart from De Paul and he's been employed more centrally of late um, um, Nacho Fernandez is left foot right and yes. also reading yes. taking his question literally uh, if I may for just a second Nacho Fernandez has been called up to the national team and he has played he's got one cap for Argentina I think it was yes. earlier this year no he was San Paoli's last oh, was only San Paoli oh yes. bloody hell that was ages ago yes well as in like, so it was say, 2017 I think because he was in the in the in a series of, of friendlies before uh, the preparation for the World Cup mm-hmm. so it was 2017 I think my, my guess for now, though, for why Scaloni isn't looking at him still, would be that he's not... I mean, he's 29. I, I looked this up earlier because I, I saw this part of Ronnie's question and wondered how old he was. Um, so he's not the future of the Argentine midfield. The 29-year-old who's never played in Europe um, and, and isn't... I don't, I'm not sure about isn't likely to. You know, Maybe he, he gets a contract offer, if, especially if River 
lift the cop out again and wants to go somewhere else and, and have another test. Um, but he's not going to be the future of the team in that position. And so, although Scaloni doesn't appear to have that attitude when it comes to goalkeepers, as Dan outlined right at the start of the episode regarding Marquesin, uh, he does with others, not centre-backs either, as I said last week with Marcos Rojo and Nicolas Otamendi. Uh, and all the other centre-backs he plays. Um, but there are some com- uh, positions in which he, he wants to build a group and look for the future. And midfield is an area where Argentina maybe, especially with De Paul and Paredes having locked down that sort of dual uh, pivot role quite nicely between them, uh, there is a little bit more competition. It's a bit harder to break into, I guess, than, than elsewhere on the pitch. Even Palacios could be there. Palacios, yeah. Palacios is much more... Yes. Uh, so he's a more better future, fit, right? Yeah. He's, he's, like, what, he's a better fit on the right side of the field, I'd say. Mm. Yes. Indeed. Um, we have had nobody, nobody at all, volunteering to predict this weekend's that, matches. That, uh, so what you will hear after this next piece of theme music are Mystic Sam's predictions with no opponents... For the coming weekend. Don't you can't lose. Indeed. No, I can't. I can't win either, but there we go. <laughs> Don't go away. Here we go. As we said, I can't lose and I can't win. It reminded me that um, near my, my flat, I'd go to a sort of cafe, but there's a billiards. There's a billiards table, an English billiards table, and a, which has got pockets, um, and a pool table. And I go there to practice pool, if I can, about once or twice a week. And there's a guy who goes in there, and it's always the same crowd in there all the time. And I'm always the only person on the, on the pool table at the time that I go, um, just practice against myself for an hour, an hour and a half. And there's a guy who likes to go in there and sit and watch me practice, and he always goes, Did you win today? Did you beat him? Oh. It's the same joke every time. But it's, uh, he's a very nice man, so I, I leave it. Anyway. This is one where I hope to win this prediction battle. Arsenal de Sarandi versus, I'm guessing, River Plate Reserves. Um, I think that River Plate Reserves will win that match of football. A couple of hours later, in the Bomonera, Boca versus Racing, I think is... I'm going to go for a draw in that one. The only points, remember, that Boca have dropped so far during this season have been at home. In, in the Superliga um, that 1-1 draw against Newells a couple of weeks ago uh, on Saturday the matches are Banfield versus Atletico Tucumán which I think is going to be I mean first of all don't watch it because neither of them are doing it very well um, but I think it's going to be a draw Independiente versus Argentinos Juniors going to go for an Argentinos win in Avellaneda in, Patron- in Paraná, sorry, uh, Patronato versus Newells, I think will be a Newells win. Tacheres versus Lanús is going to be a draw, maybe. Okay. On Sunday, Aldo City versus Defensa y Justicia, I think will be a Defensa y Justicia win. Gimnasia, or rather, Diego Maradona's Gimnasia versus Union, I'm going for. An Union win. Yeah, let's say that. Huracan versus San Lorenzo. And if you want a preview of this weekend's Clásico, with potted histories of the two teams, then you should go over to patreon.com slash have a pod 
and become a Hand of Pod Patreon patron, uh, because that will be our topic this week. Thank you very much to all of our patrons. Rakan versus San Lorenzo. I think they're, they're both in San Lorenzo are in okay form. Rakan, oh, Rakan aren't, are they? <laughs> no, let's go for a San Lorenzo win in the Palacio. Uh, Central versus Belles Sarsfield, I think, is a Belles win. And on Monday, Central Cordoba de Santiago del Estero versus Estudiantes de la Plata. Again. A replay oh. of today's Copa Argentina quarterfinal. I think that's going to finish with the same result. I'm going to go for Central Cordoba to win it. And uh, which might very well, by the way, put an end to the Estudiantes manager Gabriel Milito's time. Uh, at Estudiantes um, same as the result you mentioned for for Independiente I think that that could be yeah a, that could well, well the, yeah um, and Colón versus Godoy Cruz the final game of the weekend is going to be a Colón win because Godoy Cruz are crap I mean they even lost to Gimnasia last <laughs> week um, big games this weekend gents apart from obviously Huracán San Lorenzo I mean Central Vélez Central Melis, Boca Racing, obviously. Boca Racing is good fun. Friday night looks a lot juicier than it normally does. It's, I can't remember when the last time both River and Boca played on a Friday evening in the league. I don't know, but I'm sure the last time they did, time. someone said, oh, I can't remember the last time these two played on a Friday night. Yeah. Um, yes, it doesn't happen very often. No, it is. Friday night is a terrible time to watch football. I mean, it's also not prime time, is it? And these, these two would normally expect to play on a Sunday. Indeed. If there were no yeah. continental games involved. Yes. Um, so, yeah, as a result, I think, though, apart from the Classico, actually, Sunday looks fairly... No, so I guess the, the second half of Sunday looks yeah. looks good. And the semi defensive Uticia and Gimnasio Union don't look like particularly good games. Yeah. But Saturday... Except for the Maradona come, perhaps. Maradona's mm. always good fun. Saturday, yeah. Independiente Argentinos, I think, has got some potential from the neutral point of view. Um, and on, on Monday... Yeah, Monday doesn't look too inspiring, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, but yeah, there were sort of one, two, four, four or five games there that I think look fair. Oh, Tacheres Lanús could be decent, yeah. yes. depending on uh, on which Lanús side turn up. Uh, and Patronato Newells, if Patronato play a bit above themselves, you know, Newells are still the only team who've scored in every game. So they haven't been too badly, right, Patronato? No. But, uh, maybe. Oh, they're, they're thirteenth. Okay, yeah, they're a bit better than I thought. Um, three wins, three draws, three defeats. Yeah, very mixed bag. So what have we got there? Like six games, maybe that, that uh, should be worth a look. Plus, if you support a team, of course, you should watch that team. Yes. And you should do so by going to fntz.co/hop and using the discount code HOPFZ, which will get you a seven-day free trial followed by twenty percent off your first three months with Fanatis. Allowing you to watch the Superliga, the Copa Argentina, and the Copa Superliga uh, wherever you are, live and on demand, as long as you're outside Argentina. Go and do it now. They are sponsors of Hand of Pod, and we very much like to have them. Um, gents, it has been a pleasure as usual. Thank you very much indeed. Thank you to you, darling listeners, uh, for putting up with us for another week. And you'll be hearing from us next week for Hand of Pod episode 260. Three. Pardon? Three, not two. 360. 360. Yes, sorry, why did I say 260? You could say we've come full circle. You yes. could. You could indeed. Um, oh, I see. Yes, very good, Dan. Yeah. That took me a second. A little bit um, of mass humour there. Indeed. Uh, for now, 
It is. Thank you very much. And goodbye from Andres. Thank you. Goodbye. English down. Thank you and goodbye. And me. Thank you and goodbye. One score to tell you about uh, in the Copa Argentina. I mentioned earlier that Estudiantes de Buenos Aires were the last team called Estudiantes still in the competition uh, by virtue of the fact that their game kicked off after Estudiantes de la Plata's elimination. Um, They are still the last team called Estudiantes left in the competition because they knocked Colón out on a shootout after a 2-2 draw. That means that the first uh, semi-final of this year's Copa Argentina will be River Plate versus Estudiantes de Buenos Aires. Uh, the other one, as um, I think we mentioned earlier, will be either Lanús or Independiente against Central Córdoba de Santiago del Estero. <laughs>